welcome back. It's time for another episode of Customers Who Click. We all want customers to keep clicking, whether that's reordering or signing up to a subscription. But how can we make this process as easy and as fast as possible for the customer? This week, we've got Harvey Hodd on the show. We'll be discussing the tools that he's created and used to reduce churn and how he's able to identify customers who might be ready to order again and how to allow these customers to more easily adjust their subscriptions. Harvey's the CEO and co-founder of Rello by Blueprint. Let's get him on now. Harvey, thanks for joining me. Do you want to give us a, a bit of your background, you know, a quick intro and how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, of course. Lovely to be here. Well, thank, thanks for having me. So my name is Harvey Hodd. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Blueprint. We're an SMS and WhatsApp platform for DTC brands. And we have been operating for the past 18 months or so. So we're still pretty young. We launched in the UK and US in March, April time of last year. And then prior to that, I've been in D2C for a number of years, building small Shopify stores. And that kind of really ignited the understanding of the customer journey, specifically post-order and all the all the problems included in that. And that was really the catalyst for Blueprint, which, yeah, I can jump into in a second. When you say building Shopify stores, is that your own brands or you know building them for other 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 businesses? Yeah, so no, just so myself, and my co-founder Rory, best friends from school, got into Shopify building brands for ourselves in in 2015, 16 time. And back then, Shopify wasn't quite the behemoth it is now. Like it was still still kind of the key player. And it was just really interesting to build bootstrap small stores on Shopify at that time and really cut our teeth within the understanding of just selling online. So we started off with a store called Shake It, which was a health and wellness brand where we sold holistic wellness products. So things like yoga mats and shaker bottles, and we had a range of powders that were about to launch and, and, and things like that. And back then in 2015, that was, that was still fairly novel. We ended up selling that store about 18 months after, after starting it. And that was just a massive kind of vote of confidence of, we should, we should do more of this. And it was incredibly exciting to do that, especially as kind of 18, 19 year old guys. And then immediately started another store called Matcha Works, which is a matcha green tea. I don't know if you've, you've seen it before. And we were the only brand at the time to, to distribute and create this, this product in the UK. Really in- interesting decision to do that. Like it's a fairly volatile thing to get into in terms of manufacturing is really tough with a ready to drink offering. We had to import the ingredients from Japan, like loads of, loads of things around that. I guess the key point here is that. About a year or so into building that, we were down on our luck. We weren't growing very fast. We didn't have a lot of cash because we were bootstrapped. And we really struggled specifically online with retention. Like our customers, we were spending so much cash to get them. We just weren't keeping our customers. And specifically, that was a factor of like lack of reorders was, was really key. Customers just weren't coming back. Yes, there was a product fit issue, but like ultimately, they just weren't coming back and we needed to sell for it. Subscription churn was really high. Customers would, would try an initial subscription or, or trial and then, and then churn. And we had re- really no feedback from customers to be able to improve that. So our kind of key insight or the catalyst for Blueprint was how can, or our hypothesis was how can we speed up that customer journey to have an impact on the, on those metrics? And we thought SMS and WhatsApp were really good vehicles to go and do that and ultimately built the solution for ourselves in house to allow for customers to reorder just by replying back, to skip and change their subscription by replying and skipping directly on SMS, and then give great feedback around how their order was, receive order updates, etc. And for us, that had a profound impact and became really now, now what is Blueprint about a year or so after that, and has basically been the quest, the start of the quest, and I'll go into all of our new products and things like that, to solve the key issues hurting DTC brands right now. And from what we can see, it's 
getting customers to repeat order, getting them to subscribe and keeping them on subscription. Uh, and that's been our, our mission ever since. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds like a pretty exciting journey. So how do you keep customers clicking? Yeah, great, great question. I think, I guess for us, so again, going back to those key problems, for us, we always looked at this as to get a customer to click, to convert, to reorder, etc. It, it came down to two things that we could control. So it's ease and speed. And those two things are what we focus all of our product on. And what I mean by that is we have a new product called Rello, and it's probably best to, to go into that now, where we have, take all of your data. We look at who's ready to reorder. We look at who's ready to subscribe. We look at who's ready to try something new based on their Shopify order history. We plug that into your Clavio. The Clavio then sends personalized SMS and email like you would normally, but now personalize exactly to who's ready to do what. And then at the end, whenever a customer clicks on one of those emails or SMSs in the CTA, it goes to what we call the magic cart, which is a hyper-optimized, one-click one click order cart page, basically. But it will say like, hey, Will, here's your order. Here's what we know you'd like to try. Here's how you can order it. So really easy. And I think the key part of that entire product was how can we make the customer journey to subscribe, to manage your subscription or to reorder as quick and as easy as possible. And we do that through two things. One is that we'll send the right messages to the right customers at the right time because we've looked at all the Shopify order history. And two, whenever they click, instead of going through this really clunky Shopify like PDP or, or through multiple pages when they don't really need to, it's a super slick, personalized one-click order. As a result of those things, customers come back, they convert, they click, and ultimately they drive you know really high value from, from customers you've already acquired. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Obviously, it works really well for for products. You know, when you when you found that product and you just want to reorder that, and yeah. you're happy just to receive that product again and again. Have you have you experimented with trying to push that that same experience, but with a slightly yeah. different product? So maybe a different flavor of a product, for example, like a message saying, you know, would you like to try this? Just one click order. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I think again, like if we. If we go back to the, those problems we're always trying to solve, which are getting customers to repeat, getting them to subscribe and keeping them on a subscription. Now they're mostly consumer brand led. So a product that you would repeat. So health, beauty, wellness, food, beverage, those kind of categories. However, the, the kind of underlying theme of all of those is increasing the value of a customer post their first order. And that's the, that's the key, key element that we try and improve. We try and measure, we try and impact. Now, like you say, the use case for repeat ordering, super easy to understand. Okay, really works well. But other use cases where the product isn't necessarily aligned or the, the natural use case of the product isn't aligned to repeat order it, like a chair or a t-shirt or, you know, there's furniture, there's tons of tons of things. There's still a huge opportunity to increase the value of that customer. It's just the use case has to change. So instead of repeat ordering, it's it's trying something different, as you said, and introducing them to your entire brand ecosystem or product ecosystem, for example. We do that in the exact same way. So when we look at the logic here is to understand, we look at all your Shopify data and understand who's ready to do what and why just by their data and then make it really easy with Magic Cart. Now, the part in the middle is can be variable. It's either looking at who's ready to subscribe. It might be le- looking at who's ready to try something new because they've ordered a certain skew, maybe a certain type of chair, a lamp goes with it, et cetera. It might be that they've you know, ordered a certain type of apparel and, 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 and a new cross-sell really aligns with that. 
or it can be other interesting things that we're exploring now to increase the value of a customer. Like we can tell the likelihood of someone to order and therefore we should push them into a product drop more than other audiences because they're quote unquote hot audiences that they've ordered a key product or they've done it in the last 30 days or something to that end. And actually placing those as a cohort when you have a product drop model, which again is like high AV things. You don't always have repeat use cases and therefore you might just drop a new product every month as your key kind of revenue driver. That then becomes kind of the same logic of just knowing who's ready to do what and when and making it really easy and ultimately driving repeat repeat revenue. Yeah, you just reminded me actually of, I don't know what the website's called, but my my friend orders these t-shirts, basically. They're all kind of like illustrated. I get like some of them are cartoons. They're all kind yeah. of satire takes on uh, TV shows or movies or something. It's really, not, really, really it's good. Not, it's, not, it's not called Everpress, is it? I don't think so. But it's basically, it's it's I, I believe it's one t-shirt every week or month yeah. or something like that. And, and you can go and buy it. Yeah. And this sounds like the perfect business because- he buy. I don't know if he buys every single T-shirt, but he buys a lot of them. He's he's quite frequently got a new one of these T-shirts on, so that's the perfect sort of thing to be able to, especially through WhatsApp, I suppose, send someone a, a picture with a link and say, "Look, here's our new T-shirt. Do you want it? Do you want it on your doorstep tomorrow?" Yeah, yeah, and, to- and, and make it as easy as possible. And I think, yeah, for us. We have expanded outside of that. So I think with Rello, so to give a bit of context, so Blueprint was always SMS focused and our new product Rello plugs into Klaviyo in an easier way. So anything that goes through Klaviyo can be email and SMS there. So the coverage is 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 wider, basically. But but yeah, exactly that. It's really, how, it's like just seeing the opportunities to increase the revenue for a customer post their first order. It's either a, a repeat order of the same product, repeat order of a, or like repeat purchase of a new product. It's, starting a subscription it's keeping you on subscription or it's say a new product drop and all of those are different use cases for different brands and we need to identify the right customers to do that and make it really easy to do that and that's that's the that's the core focus for us cool so we've talked a bit about reordering and yeah like you say making it as quick and easy as possible to get people to do that but what about getting people started on a subscription because there is you know arguably it's just an automatic Re, like reordering right you know for, for products where they need it every month yeah it's kind of the same thing but it's still a, it's a bit of a bigger commitment people are kind of i guess wary of being locked into things and all that so how yeah how, how can you get people started on the subscription yeah yeah great question i think again it happens in a similar logic so we look at various triggers that suggest someone is ready for a subscription so if if you as well have ordered a certain product twice over or say three times and in each reorder gap it was roughly a similar cadence so like every four weeks every three weeks you know whatever that may be we can look at that and suggest that you're probably quite likely to want to try a subscription and gain value from that subscription because it's aligned with your current purchasing habits that's a perfect example of something that we would pick up in your shopify order history plug it into your clavio and allow that customer to go and go and increase their value and and go and try subscription there is loads of other logic behind it so like if you order a highly subscribable product for example so like if we can tell that anyone that orders SKU a 50 percent of customers normally subscribe to it that's just a simple play to, to look at that data and suggest that okay you should probably go and subscribe even if you haven't on your first purchase and loads of other ways but again looking at that, that logic 
making sure it's really easy with Magic Cart. Again, Magic Cart will say like the the optimized cart page will say like, hey, Will, here's your subscription. Here's the cadence we think you'd like it at, whether that's three weeks or four weeks. Here's you can go and order. So again, just making it super easy so you don't have to go through loads of clunky pages. Yeah, I mean, lo- logging into your account, like daily. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are websites where some of the experience has been quite good, right? So it's, you know, you get that email, yeah. um, you know, you know, reorder this or something and you go in and, it's, and it wants you to subscribe. But then partway through that, the experience can get a bit messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And and I, and to jump in there, I think that's the third core part of everything we've done at Rello is keeping customers on subscription. So one of the key issues that we hear from our customers is that is that customers churn because it's really hard to manage and customers churn because they've got too much product. So our magic cart flips in its use case. And now it's not about making you reorder. It's just about reducing the need for you to log in and giving you the ability to skip, to pause, to add a new product or to swap a product in your subscription without ever logging in. So say, hey, Will, your order ship, your subscription order ships in three days. Do you want to change and edit your subscription here? As soon as you click that, it will come up with this optimized page. You won't need to log in because we can authenticate you based on SMS and email history. And then within one click, you can swap a product out. You can add a new product to your upcoming order. You can skip it because you're away on holiday. You can delay it for a week or whatever that may be. And it puts that entire customer journey in your hands. And as a result, LTV and skyrockets and churn dramatically drops. And that, yeah, that's been one of our key key focuses. Subscription companies is, is one of our key customer bases and has been great for us. And for, and yeah. for customers, really. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, I've not done too much research into the subscription side, but I imagine, yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of the reasons for cancelling are I've got too much product, uh, don't use it anymore, or yeah, I, I just don't need it right now. I don't need the renewal right now, but it's so difficult to, you know, so inflexible that my choices are cancel it or get you know just replenish now and and wait for it. Yeah, and I, I wonder if on the the feedback of I don't use it anymore is actually partly well quite related to I've got too much product. Yeah. So the, the the real response might not be I don't use it. The real response might be I'm not using it as much as you think I am. Yeah. So you're trying to resubscribe me, but actually yeah. this this 30 day your 30 day supply is actually yeah. lasting me 45 days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what you would want to do there is if your order is coming, firstly, you should be told the order is coming. And it shouldn't be a surprise. It should come, you know, you get a heads up three days before or something to that end. And then be able to change the cadence of your subscription without logging in. But that that's really important because imagine in your in the use case that you just mentioned, you don't want to churn. You're just using a product in a slightly different velocity that you previously thought. And therefore you should update that and continue your LTV as opposed to if uh, if a merchant like an e-com store makes it really hard for you to do that you're just going to churn and you didn't want to do that like you actually just wanted to keep using the product just a slightly longer cadence so yeah i think i think it's really important to know that like usage has changed like you might have a circumstance change that you now stop your marathon training and don't need as much of this protein powder for example like yeah there's there's lots of situational changes that will cause that and oftentimes i think the default is just to be like oh they're channeling on subscription it's like no it's like just change it, change it up to be a bit more flexible. Well, but I mean, also, you, you've even just got the fact that a default subscription is every thirty days, yeah, or every yeah. or every four weeks, and 
you might have certain products which you don't use on a weekend. For yes, example. exactly. Right. So I have, I'm not a regular user, to be honest. I, I just try these things out, but I've bought like some teas and things mm. and to help with focus and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm, you know, I, I question how much impact they really have, but it's a, it's a hot drink that's not coffee. Right. So that was kind of my use case for them, but I didn't drink them on weekends. Yeah. Because I associated them with work time. Work. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, you'd start to get those messages saying, Oh, it's time to restock. And I'm like, no, I've still got, I've still got like a third of a month here because yeah. I'm not drinking them as quickly as, as you think I am. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember that website in particular. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a, I've got to cancel and reorder if I want to, yeah, yeah. if I really want to change it. Or well, that felt to me like the easiest way to manage my subscription. And yeah, obviously, so that shouldn't be the case. For the majority of people, if you're going to cancel it, you're probably not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You've um, got to, you've got to e stop it before e that chain happens. Even if best intentions might be, I don't really need it right now. So I'm going to cancel now and I'll resubscribe in 10 days when I'm close to needing my, my new yeah. supply. But then that doesn't happen because you forget. Yeah. Exactly. And I think there's hundreds of thousands of orders that are lost as a result of that. Yeah. Speaking of kind of, I guess, almost like accidental churn in that sense. Obviously, payment details go out of out of date. Do you do, do, do you guys offer any solution for that? Like, do you have a, a way of allowing people to just really quickly update their details? Yeah, exactly. Exactly the same as uh, as I just mentioned on the subscription manager, Magic Cart. So when, when we allow customers to skip and edit and delay and swap products and add in products, all of those things, one of the options is also update credit card details because we know that is also one of the key areas of chair. Yeah. Okay. Just going back a little bit to getting started on, on subscriptions. Yeah. Obviously what's very, very popular now is subscribe and save. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be good just to get your, your general thoughts on subscribe and save. And, you know, do, do you think what you guys provide as a solution that means you don't have to offer that discount? Because from, from my point of view, it's almost like a bribe. Yeah. Right. If, if you as a customer like that product and want to use it on a monthly basis, I shouldn't have to offer you a discount. It should be that, like your whole point, really. It's that convenience. Yeah. yeah. That convenience factor of having it when you need it. So, yeah, just, I'd like to just get your general thoughts on subscribe and save and whether you think it's, it's necessary. It's right. Yeah. I think, firstly, I think subscribe and save is fairly played out in terms of it used to be a fairly novel idea when subscription was very new. And therefore, as a value prop, it was strong. It pulled people in. The LTV of subscriber is something like 270% more of a one-time customer. And therefore, economically, it worked. It worked for the consumer as well. I think over time, as subscription business has become ubiquitous, and really, if you're, you haven't got a subscription business, it's challenged as to why you don't. It's become less and less of a value prop. And I think, therefore... I think it doesn't increase conversion as 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 it did, as it once did. And there's other ways that need to be looked at to increase value prop to, to get a subscription. Because like, like like you're saying, like maybe the alternative here is just me to order this product on a cadence that I generally enjoy. And it's really easy to do that. Because I guess at the same time, like when subscribe and save was added to the market or became like the 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 default. It's like ease was is was uh, sorry ease was here to subscribe to save and down here really difficult was to reorder but over time reorders just 
become easier and easier and easier. And they've kind of become level now, which makes sense. Like just using Shop Pay and Apple Pay and things like that make things so much quicker. So naturally, like the delta in value or value brought to a customer going from like one time to a subscribe subscriber is is dramatically reduced. So from what we've seen though, to increase the value of a subscription past the discount, there's tons of things. I think some of the interesting things are memberships, I think are interesting. So you're you're paying for a subscription or almost ability to access a product. I think that's interesting. Beauty Pie, a really good example of this. So they have you on a on a monthly subscription, which is quite low value, which ties you in, calls you as part of the community, but allows you and gives you access to purchase all their products at a discounted rate, which is their entire business model, basically. And that's really powerful because it subscribes you to a non-product offering and then you purchase products on top of it. So for them as a business model, it's amazing. And for a consumer, it pulls you in as like a really exclusive club. You're paying to be in that club. I think that's that's interesting. And I think another example that we've seen is sorry, can, just can I just make yeah. a comment on that? I suppose another another factor there for the consumer is if you're spending money on a membership to yeah. access the products, you're probably more likely to just to buy buy products to make it feel like you're getting value yeah. from the membership. Yeah, 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 and justify that you're spending five, ten pounds a month on a subscription. Yeah, I, I have a subscription to Beauty Pie, and it's about seven quid, I think, six or seven quid a month, and I haven't used it for like six months. So like my LTV is of a customer is very high. Yeah, I haven't used the subscription and I haven't cancelled because at some point I'll probably go and purchase some of their products. So I think psychologically it's it's an amazing model. I think another another couple is is almost tiered offerings or tiered value over time. So like on your first order, you might receive X, like I don't know, is a, a message or a a new product trial or I don't know, something like that. On your second, you receive incrementally more. On your third, you receive incrementally more. It becomes a game and it becomes, okay, you almost gamify it. So you have incremental rewards over time. I don't think that's been done very well. And I think is actually a really powerful way, like, like psychological a, way. Like a loyalty scheme, right? Like but, a loyalty scheme, but specifically for subscription. Um, so Gusto. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I I, I agree with what you said. I, I have... Don't think I've ever seen anyone do this well yeah. in a way which actually kind of captures Benef- people's attention. Benefits and, the customer, yeah. And uh, well, no, and benefits the company uh, really right. because. So uh, I'm going to use Gusto as an example. The, they, the, the, the cooking company. The yeah, the meal kit, yeah, meal kit company. One of my orders, I don't know which one it was. They sent me a wooden spoon, but right, a wooden cooking spoon um, with Gusto brand on it, and it's actually it seems like a good quality spoon. I actually use it a lot. I've talked I did about not this. know we would have this conversation. <laughs> Gets better. I've talked about this a lot. I've talked <laughs> about it on LinkedIn in podcasts. It was such a good little surprise. And it was something that was relevant as well, right? It's actually now every time I cook, I use that spoon and Gusto's brand is in my hand. Right? That's fantastic. Mm. At another point, they send me a little ring binder to put the recipes in, the printed recipes. Yeah, but at no delight. point. It's great. <laughs> at, at no point on the website do they say this is what you're going to get, or you know, yeah. you're going to receive this on your first order, this on your third, this on your fifth, or even hint at, you know, occasionally you'll get the odd gift. I think that that could be an amazing selling point for them, just yeah. to lift them up above the competition. Because if they're the one, you know, HelloFresh might do exactly the same thing as them. Yeah. Might be slightly different timing, but they've said, okay, that's what Gusto do. We're going to do that. But if one of them's talking about it on their landing pages and in the sign up process. That's the company that has that 
that extra feature, that benefit. Yeah. As far as the customer's concerned, the other one doesn't because they don't know yeah. exists until they've they receive it. Yeah, I, I, surprising delight is key. Like that that is a strategy. I think is really key, and again, doesn't doesn't really get utilized or like executed in or at least on the stores that we see. And I think one of the last ones we've seen worked well where you're you know you're fighting against discount is to offer an increased experience for subscribers. So that might mean faster support. It might be an express free delivery. It might mean pre-access to all of your products. Something where you can increase the value of the brand and increase the value of the products without discounting basically. And that I think also works well. It does mean that you need some sort of brand equity there or, or product equity. But yeah, I, I think well, we've seen those kind of four things play out well. That's that's basically Amazon Prime, isn't it? A, a big selling point for Amazon Prime is is the free delivery. I, I love it. I'm pretty certain I get value out of it every year. Yeah, but I also get the video, and the video is quite good. I, I don't use any of their other services. Really, but that, that works for me. Really interesting. You say that. Like I read this brilliant breakdown and article of this the other day around the the psychology behind Amazon Prime because often people bucket Netflix, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime all into these like subscription services and they're all for different use cases. I won't go into them, but like Netflix and Disney plus fundamentally different business models, although they look similar on the surface and Amazon prime is really interesting. Amazon prime as a delivery service was brought in for that, but then they've added all of these other solutions with it over time. So video, like shopping, like I don't know. Music. Yeah. Music. There's tons, not as a, as like a new customer acquisition, not as a value add necessarily, but just as a churn reduction, because every time a customer ever goes to stop, ch- stop prime and churn, they're going to lose all of this embedded value that they've now watched and listened to and read. And because audible, I think is part of it. And it just puts up such a moat for a customer to churn from Amazon prime that even if you don't really use Amazon prime from a delivery service, you're going to use one of the services. And yeah. it's just become an impenetrable you're, wall. You're looking at this massive amount of of value that you're going to lose out on if you cancel your subscription. And it only even if, seven pound. Yeah, it, it, but even if you only use that one thing. But it's another example is uh, membership is Costco. I remember exactly. uh, read, read an article about their business model a few years ago, and it's basically like I think like ninety percent of their profit, or even more, ninety five percent of their profit is the memberships. Yeah, they, they're break um, even they, on their products. Yeah, they they make a, a I think a tiny little profit yeah, yeah, yeah. to try and keep things going, but it's the memberships and and people renew because yeah. the actual Costco experience is so good. But just going back to the subscriber, one thing I've I know that I do, and I know a lot of people do, is I pretty much just use it as a product discount. Mm. Right? There's no because the the everyone's made the barrier to subscribing so low. Mm. You know, you can you cancel whenever you want. It, it makes sense to take the 20% discount, 30% discount for subscribing, get that first order and then cancel. And then if you want to come back, you just do the same thing again. You're the people we're fighting against, Will. But you're right. You're right. Well, no, but if you if you took that away and just made it really clear how good and value yeah. a subscri- valuable a subscription was to me, I'd, I'd be tempted. And if I can easily manage my subscription, mm. I'm fine. But... If I'm if I'm if I've got the choice of a one-off purchase or a yeah, subscription yeah. for thirty percent off, of course I'm going to take the subscription and then just cancel it, and then yeah. I'm, I'm, I might come back. But I'm using it. I, I use it as a first-time customer offer. 
hundred percent. But then, but then off. yeah, well, yeah. But if you break that down though, in terms of the cohorts of customers that do that, right? Like, think okay, well, and these are broad strokes, but like, say one third purchases a product, so there is a an LPV attached to them, and then churns a week later, right? So say thirty percent because they put it in their calendar, they remember to do it, etc. It's probably one third try it like the product, the whole point of you purchasing the product is that you ultimately hope you like it and then probably purchase more. So it's not, the point of you doing that isn't because you want to go and cancel, it's that you have the opportunity to go and cancel, if not, and you've saved 30%. But now the second cohort customers probably forget to do it and and they maybe go two orders, maybe three orders, maybe they leave it, they're on holiday, they leave it four orders, whatever, they get really annoyed and then cancel. That company has now driven that revenue of the two, third, and fourth order that wouldn't have happened had you have ordered once. And then you've got the third cohort that love the product. We're going to order once, but it's such a good product fit. They're obsessed by it, and they're just going to carry on as subscribers. So then actually, if you think about it, the exposure for a brand for what, what do they call it? Not not it's called one and done customers. Yeah, so yeah. the exposure, exposure of a brand for one and done customers is actually only a third, and they're of smaller value. So when you break it down like that, I think actually for a brand, it's still advantageous to and still economically viable to offer that discount, even though some of the customers will churn afterwards because the majority probably won't or like we'll have one of those three scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's actually something you said, people don't want to cancel. And I know it's going slightly off topic, but it's related to free returns. Yeah. And I, I suggest it a lot of the time to my clients and yeah. I get a bit of pushback, you know, it's, oh, but you know, the cost of returns is high. Yeah. You know, we have to obviously have pay to have it delivered back and we've got to restock it and all that stuff. People don't want to return the product. Yeah. It's like you said, they, they want to build, they're hoping that this product is going to be right for them. Yeah. It's so, a hassle for them regardless. Free, it's, de- free return. It's a fine, hassle. Like still don't go to the post office or still don't do X, Y, and Z. Like it doesn't matter if it's not free, it's going to take my time. And and you're looking at time with cash out of your account. Yeah, and, and for and a lot of people, that's yeah. they, they don't want that. They they want they want to be confident that they're buying something that's going to be good for them and yeah. that they're going to like. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. And I'm, you know, when I do subscribe to things for mm. that, I'm still hoping that I'm going to like it and I'm going to continue it. I'll but, be watching. I'll be watching. <laughs> I I am that person who who takes the subscribe and save and then cancels as soon as it's delivered. Yeah, yeah. sometimes as soon as it's shipped. Um, well, because- maybe maybe if you used Rello, we'd get you to try and swap it out, try another product, or maybe uh, we'd figure out before you're looking to cancel why that is, because maybe you'd leave some good feedback and and try and resolve that problem before we have the nuclear option of of you churning. But yeah, loads of things to do. But ultimately, yeah. all of this comes down to how good the product is, and that's sometimes out of our control. Yeah. So I actually, I shared this on LinkedIn yesterday, I think. It's a little uh, snippet of a subscription uh, little widget. So it's a, it was a little uh, call to action underneath the subscribe button, which was how do subscriptions work? Yeah. And you click on that and it opens up and it says, you know, you, you never have to think about reordering. You can edit your subscription at any time, cancel when you want to, easy cancel, no questions asked. Now, I know you'll get people, again, it's probably like a really a fraction of people who yeah. do this, but if you started asking for feedback on why they're cancelling, yeah, yeah, they'll be like, but hang on a minute, you, you yeah. said no questions asked. Yeah. Obviously, what we what, what we mean is we're not, we're not questioning 
like the legitimacy of the return yeah, or, yeah. or, or the cancellation or whatever. Happening. We're not yeah. going to stop it, but we're interested. Yeah, you know, we'd like feedback. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And like again, like you think of reach and impact here. Like of the X people that do cancel, which is maybe a third of those, maybe even a third of those get annoyed that you ask for feedback. Suddenly, you're talking about three and a hundred, and it's like it's not even worth worrying about. Yeah, I think most people skip it. Yeah, uh, what they find annoying is when a cancellation flow is obviously designed to yeah, just black magic force yeah, you, you back that. down the subscription rate. I know that I've uh, I remember one. I think I went through about five pages, and on the fifth page, the call to action was different. Yeah, they basically you know one was a solid button and one was a ghost button, and then on the final page they switched the designs. So I just clicked immediately on the I think on the solid button. And stayed as a subscriber, so yeah. then I had to go back through the process again. To yeah, cancel. It, it's now illegal in the UK. It's now illegal to do to do that and use techniques like that. The option to to cancel easily has to be visible and has to be like on the first page or something something like that. Um, okay, and it has to be automatic. You shouldn't have to wait for a account manager or something like that because you know sometimes it's like you need to call us to stop, and it's like, are you kidding me? And we're only available from. 8:37 to 8:38 in the morning it's like yeah not sure i can make that so yeah it's now it's now illegal i believe yeah i did uh, i do know a company that insists on people calling up yeah there's, and it's, there's, there's many it is partly because they can gather the feedback but i remember the first time i subscribed i ended up because i couldn't get through on the phone because it was who, oh you're who is this company i'm not gonna say uh, <laughs> it's a consumable uh, product. It's, it is pretty cool. It's just not for yeah. me. But yeah, I phoned up and it was like, oh, you're position, you're position 20 in the queue or something. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here yeah, for like yeah. an hour, probably an hour at least to get through. So I sent him an email and said, it's absolutely ridiculous that you need me to phone in. Just take this as cancellation. Please confirm. And then I got an email back a, a little bit later. So they, they still oh, kind of wow, did okay. it. But, Fair. but yeah, it was just one of those things that obviously you only find out about that once you try to cancel. Yeah. As well. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, yeah, it's just a terrible experience. And ultimately, it will be net negative over the long run because word will get out. You'll have terrible reviews. It'll affect new customer acquisition. It won't outweigh the benefits of stopping customers churning. Like, yeah, I, it's, I think that's stuck in the dark ages a bit. I think that's coming out of it now. You see less and less of that now. Yeah. I know you touched on it a few minutes ago, but. What what would be your top tips for trying to retain someone who is kind of indicating they want to cancel? It's, it's like stop them doing that. Yeah, obviously in legitimate ways, but you know what are what are more appropriate methods you can use to to try and retain um, someone? I think I think well, if they are, it, it depends. Trying to retain when they're about to cancel, or or just trying to retain them in general. So. I think if they're about to cancel and they've asked to be cancelled, fine. All right, maybe we let, we let this one slip because there's very little you can do. There are some things like like win back flows and stuff, but they're not very effective. More is to just really understand the usage of the product and align the experience to that. Like that's the key. Like it doesn't really matter the tech you use or like you can call it, slice and dice it, whatever. But like really it's if the product satisfies the requirements at the time and the ease that you want them, then that, that customer probably is going to be retained. So that might mean that they want to swap the product out every two months because they have product fatigue, for example. 
or they want to extend the time that they get delivered this month because they're on holiday or they want to add a new product to their order because they're a bit disgruntled because you know they need both of these because they're training for that marathon that I mentioned earlier or something like that. I think it's just about making sure that the experience and all of those elements like skipping, delaying, adding, trying new things are all super easy because that aligns with the customer's usage. And then I said, I guess the only other thing is if you are really trying to stop someone from churning, it's important that you really understand what are the core causes for that historically and then apply that methodology to it. Otherwise, we often see things like simple tactics like, oh, win back flow or, oh, we'll you know, skip this order and make it easy. Like if that isn't addressing the core problems as to why customers are churning and oftentimes it's isolated to kind of two, three things that might be isolated even more just to your brand, you're shooting in the dark. Got to understand that first. Yeah. Yeah. You might, you might gather a, a handful of people back yeah. each month through a win back flow. But I mean, it, it, I guess it, similar situation to something I deal with a lot, which is zero party data when yeah. you're, you're acquiring email addresses, right? You want to find out what, what category are they interested in? What, what's the reason they want to buy? You know, what's the pain point they're trying to solve? Whatever, things like that. That then allows you to tailor the your, your further email comms to try and convert that person. Yeah. It's a similar situation. If they cancel, but they've you've got no feedback from them, the only thing you can do is send emails saying, please come back, try it again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you get someone saying, oh, I didn't like the flavor, then you've got that opportunity to say, well, here you go. Here are some other flavors you yeah, can try. You, you, or here's a new flavor we've launched. You can address that problem. Yeah, 100%. Also, you want to know about usage and, you know, uh, and therefore, you know, potentially what, what causes someone to, to to churn. Do you get involved at all in trying to gather feedback on product usage while someone is subscribed? So like Not proactively really, rather than... yeah. Not really. I think it's almost too adjacent to the product offering that we have. Now, it's not that it's not important. I think it is really important, but I think it's also a well-served market. So I think there's an amazing tool called Inquire Labs or now Fairing is good that helps usage data, helps attribution data, like loads of things. And yeah, like we don't really get involved. We look at the Shopify data and interpret that, but we, we don't generally generate more analysis or feedback. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Just before we finish, is there anyone in the DTC marketing space that you'd want to sit down for lunch with? Market, as in like a brand or a tool or like technology? Anything. Just someone who you'd really want to chat with or someone from a particular brand that you really like. Cool. Well, I think on, on both sides. So I think the guys at Clavio and Gorgeous are big, are big kind of inspirations for us. I think Gorgeous has scaled an incredible product very, very quickly. I think Flavio again, just generally own the ecosystem. So I think the, both of them are really, really interesting. And I, I have the pleasure of chatting with both of them, but, but take every opportunity that I get with their teams. And then on a, on a brand side, wow, we get to work with some amazing businesses. We work with hundreds of DC brands all over the world and we're probably spoiled for choice. But I think I like, I like what. There's two, two businesses, I would say, actually, that are quite interesting to look at. One is Minor Figures. I think Minor Figures as a DTC brand are part of the zeitgeist. They have this amazing brand image, this amazing messaging. They, they're a customer of ours and they're selling very quickly. They have a great team. I think it's just really interesting how they're taking this fairly, quote unquote, boring category of, of oat milk and coffee that has been saturated and built their own element to it, their own space in the market and built D2C as a core proponent of that or core pillar of that. I think that's really interesting. And also wild deodorant would be another. 
So while Judge and I've chatted with some of their team, uh, Charlie and Emily there have been really, really good with us. Not a Blueprint customer, but just right. in- interesting how they've scaled so uh, so quickly and built like built into like an interesting niche category and done it in a DTC way with a subscription model like yeah I just think what they've what they've done is really impressive over the last few years and they've kind of done it behind like not behind closed doors but you know not 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 plastered everywhere they've just built this really strong business very quickly and yeah I think the way they've done it is interesting I'd love to chat with them yeah, that'd be really good. I'm, I'm actually a customer because ah. I think it's I think it's an awesome product, but I have issues with their subscription service. Well, yeah. we're recording this, so I'll send <laughs> yeah. Charlie and Emily, and I wait to hear back. Send a little snippet. Yeah, like the manage- management is okay. It's reasonably easy to log in and just and change when I need it. Yeah. But the thing that bothers me the most is they tend to do a lot of like limited edition scent releases. Yeah. But if you're a subscriber. You're basically asked to, you've got to place an additional order or, or get your order early in order to take advantage of that. You can't just wait for your subscription period to arrive and then and then get it. It's normally yeah. gone. So that's one thing I'd love to be able to do is, is actually just reserve, like reserve one for my next order. Um, e- even if that means committing to that order, yeah. but I, just, I don't want to receive it, but I'm happy to lock in that month yeah it'd be, it'd be really really great if you could just add it before your upcoming order and then just place it within your upcoming order uh, well that is a perfect use case of Rello, <laughs> and i'll let you take the reins will and we'll we'll give the guys a heads up awesome so just finally a couple of marketing tools that you you really enjoy i think i've probably gotta gotta push the guys again clavio and gorgeous are two behemoths in the market i think they're great both of them are kind of semi, well, maybe I'm also marketing, but also gorgeous to an extent. And then, oh, is this D2C led or us as a SaaS company? It could be tools that you use. It doesn't have to be a D2C tool. I think GoodFit is a tool that we use, goodfit.io, to allow us to find who our target customers are more effectively. That's been awesome. So yeah, on a D2C Gorgeous and maybe are great on a on our aspect uh, from a SaaS tooling perspective and how to find our customers. Good fit IO is, is really good. Awesome, cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been been great. I think there was something you said earlier about it, like subscriptions being, you know, almost like a why haven't you got subscription? So yeah, yeah. It, I do agree. It kind of feels like we're at that stage where everyone's saying, "Oh, just." You know, start a subscription model or something. So really interesting to hear about how you can manage them more effectively and everything. If people want to find out more, get in touch, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, sure. So I'm pretty boring. So actually the company is far better. Rello, uh, RelloApp.co, uh, CEO. that's the solution that we've mentioned today. That's that's really where we're, we're building now and, and in partnership with Clavio. If you did also want an SMS offering, Blueprint Store is where you'd find that. And yeah, we're we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. Any questions you guys have for our team or anything around repeat order and retention, happy to answer. And then if you're if there's any questions for me specifically, I'm on Harvey at blueprint.store. Give me a heads up, I'll get straight back. Awesome. Thank you so much, Harvey. Cool. Some great insights there from Harvey. Uh, we've probably all been there ourselves when we want to adjust something in our subscription, but the easiest option just seems to cancel the subscription and maybe just try again uh, in the future. 
Now we've seen some solutions around this. You know, hopefully that's given you some inspiration if you're having any issues with your retention rates yourself. Harvey also emphasised the importance of understanding the core reasons why people are churning. This means it's essential to have some way of capturing this and using this insight to both reduce churn and increase the number of people who actually take up subscriptions in the first place. If you'd like to hear more from Harvey, you can find him on LinkedIn. Any other podcast questions? Oh, sorry. Any other podcast questions, feedback, or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Rich Watson on, who is going to come talk to us about using augmented reality in advertising. But until then, keep those customers clicking. Mm-hmm.